Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here. And a little bit of a news dump today. There's been a couple things reported in recent days, Gavin. We've heard about a new hire the Knicks have made, which maybe has some implications going forward, and some rumors about the draft. Yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, Rick Brunson is now a New York Knicks assistant coach. Could his son be on the way? We have no idea. And then uh, we will get into a whole lot of drafts of Ian Begley reporting the Knicks potentially might want to trade up. Jake Fisher reporting that there is a consensus around the league that the Knicks have significant interest in Jaden Ivey in that scenario. We'll get into all that and rank each and every team in terms of their potential to trade down with the New York Knicks. All that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day and i think we see willis coming out there he comes right now starts without a five ewing for the win yes up and tucks left now fires it three he's good and he's fouled anthony for three Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We want to also thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or if you've made the move to YouTube or discovered us through YouTube and like seeing our smiling faces every day. We appreciate you making a part us a part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks like The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And he is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster doing... Gavin, what are you working at? What are you working on this week? What was what was your big oh, big event? Oh yeah, uh, Long Island uh, Lacrosse Championships. So that's, there we uh, go. Yeah. Good old good old lax. The lax scene is great out there, from what I hear. I'm not a huge great fan. hair. Some great hair. <laughs> But uh, at any rate, we're, we'll get right into it. There's, as we said in the in the intro, a lot of news to get into today. Uh, first off, the Knicks have hired Rick Brunson to be an assistant coach under Tom Thibodeau. Um, there's multiple layers to this story, Gavin. Um, the, look, we you can't bring it up without bringing up the fact that. There have been some allegations twice made against him as far as sexual misconduct. Um, one went to court, it appears. The other one never made it to court. So that makes things messy. Uh, but he was acquitted of both. Uh, or, again, the one got thrown out before trial. So we'll just present that information before getting into the rest of it. The other stuff that goes with this, he's worked under Tibbs twice. Uh, in Chicago and in Minnesota. So this now makes the third time that he's joined Tibbs' staff, which probably has more than a little something to do with the Leon Rose connection as well. Uh, Leon's obviously really, really tight with Rick Brunson and that they've described themselves as like family before. Of course, that leads to the ties with Jalen Brunson. Uh, Rick Brunson's son is going to be a free agent this coming offseason. It also raises questions about just how committed are they to Tibbs if they're 
you know, sort of reloading the staff a bit with someone who, yes, is a, a really close person to Leon Rose, but also someone that Tibbs has worked with twice before. Uh, what does that say about how they're viewing Tibbs going into the next season as far as how long his leash is? Who knows? But uh, I don't know. What's your what's your general reaction to that before we get into all this draft news? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's not an indicator of, of anything with Jalen. I, I don't think he's coming here at this point. There, there seems to be a, a good amount of reporting uh, trending that way. Um, and Dallas seemingly will be willing to pay him more than the Knicks can. And if they do that, then I think that's, I think Brunson's pretty happy there. I think he's going to stay there. I think to your point, this is more about that Leon Rose connection. And um, we've seen, I don't want to say like, well, we have seen this, right? We're, we're past Knicks front offices made hires based on like personal relationships, like how Kurt Rambis ended up working for the Knicks with Phil Jackson. And I mean, similar nepotistic stuff. And like we were on draft night a couple of years back, we were really complaining about it with Obi Toppin, obviously, where we're more or less happy with that pick today. Um, and uh, again, the sexual assault accusations aside, just because we, it's impossible to know what happened there or, or what the situation is with that. Um, I can't, I have no idea if Rick Brunson's a good coach or not. Um, he could be because the, the Knicks have made a lot of good hires over the years, but it just, it, it's hard to view this as anything other than like, uh, let's, let's make, let's get Jalen here. Let's hire his dad. And, um, we have a connection with this guy already, but again, I just, I don't, I don't know enough about him to say more than that. Yeah, I don't either. And it's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if it's going to influence potentially getting Jalen on the team. I, I feel like it's impossible to say until we see what ends up happening. I feel like, though, whatever connection is there between Leon Rose and the Brunsons, regardless of if he hired Rick or not, would have been there anyway. Because, the, again, they describe themselves like family. Like, if, you know, I would go to, like, hire my cousin uh, for a job where I work, you know, is that going to make us any tighter as family if then I try to, you know, do something with my other cousin or hire my other cousin. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't know. There's no, I feel like there's no huge correlation there because they were already so tight to begin with that. It's like, I I don't really see how this would pay off in being like the, the ultimate, you know, final straw to, to push jail into New York instead of, you know, staying with Dallas. So I guess we'll see how it all goes. I think though, Gavin, the, the more exciting news to have come out in recent days um, as you mentioned, Jake Fisher came out with a report from Bleacher Report saying that the Knicks have significant interest in Jaden Ivey. And, of course, that implies that they would probably have to trade up to get him. Then we get a report from Ian Begley of SNY. That's, uh, and I'll quote this directly. Several people in touch with the team last month say New York is open to a trade that would land the club a higher first-round pick. Uh, then he speculated so it's unclear which teams ahead of the Knicks would consider trading their picks with Sacramento with the fourth pick and Portland with the seventh pick are two teams who are expected to explore the possibility of trading down in the lottery. Um, so with all that in mind, I mean, maybe we could just push this discussion right to what we want to do the rest of this, the show, which is power rank the teams that are ahead of the Knicks in the draft by how likely we think that they would be to potentially deal with the Knicks. Uh, so I figure I'll just open that up with the obvious. I had an obvious four that are not going to do anything um, with the Knicks in that regard, I don't think. And that was 
uh, I put these all as like tied for 10th place. Uh, Orlando with the number one pick, you know, obviously they're not going to look to trade that. They had a great uh, stroke of luck by even getting it. Then you have Oklahoma City with the second pick. I think that they are extremely unlikely to trade out. You have Houston with the third pick. Again, tanking team, clearly building, trying to build a young core. You're not going to trade out of a, a three-player draft in the top three picks if you're a tanking team trying to build out a roster full of good young players. So I don't think that's going to happen. And then I also think it's equally as unlikely that Detroit, despite all their misfortune of moving down two spots to five, I can't see their motivation to try to trade out of that spot and trade back. If anything, they're probably going to try to trade Jeremy Grant and get themselves more picks. So uh, do you have any opposition to that uh, first foray into this exercise? I just, I, I can't see any world where, where they would do anything to trade out. If anything, I don't know, maybe Detroit tries to trade back up, you know, with one of those other teams, but that's, that's about the only trading I could see any of them doing. I feel like most of them will probably stay the course. Yeah, if I had to pick a nit, I'd maybe put the Pistons one tier up just because there, there could be talent on the Knicks that they're interested in that they feel like would be a good fit next to Cade. Like, let's just say if the Knicks hypothetically decide they don't want to trade Randall, maybe they see an Obi Toppin and say, oh, that guy could be like a, a great running mate for Cade, like just streaking down the floor in transition and giving him a lot of energy. Maybe we do five for Obi and 11 or, or something like that. Again, that's uh, that's not a trade I'm advocating for. I, I just think I think there's a world where that happens just because the Pistons did fall to five and, and they're out of that top four where like there is that strong consensus. And if the Pistons like lean towards um, like some of the stuff that PD put out on this podcast that Shaden Sharp maybe isn't such a sure thing. Uh, maybe they want to, they want to go back and say like, all right, let, let's, let's pick up two assets and build out around Kate a little more. Maybe, maybe they even have some latent Julius Randall interest. I don't know. So I, I'd move them slightly ahead just because I think the Knicks trading into the top three is, is essentially impossible unless they wanted to put RJ Barrett on the table, which I, I assume you agree with me. I don't think it's going to happen. No, nor do I think it would be a smart move because I, I think that if you were going to put R.J. Barrett into this draft class in his current form, he would go number one overall, I think, at least. You know, I know that the unknown always trumps the known. So, like, people would look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, R.J.'s been kind of inefficient in the NBA and yada, yada, yada. But I, I wouldn't trade him for, honestly, the number one overall pick in this draft, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, to move to, but I, I do agree with your point about Detroit. Um, I think there is a, at least a chance that maybe they move. So I'll put them, you know, instead of being tied for 10th, we'll say that they're in seventh place. <laughs> so they get their own specific spot on the list. Uh, Pistons um, finally won something for the first time. I, I, I joke is the Pistons have won a title in the last 20 years while the Knicks have gone 50 plus years. The Pistons also have won a draft lottery, which the Knicks have not done in 40 years. So, I mean. Oh, God. Yeah, my, I mean, really backfired on me. Yeah, you just really, you really, uh, you know, you botched that one. But, <laughs> you know, you know who's not going to botch any orders that you place is oh. rockauto.com. And this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure all that pointless or intimidating questioning about your car and the model it is? And, oh, well, what are the seats made out of? Dude, I don't know, like leather, I think. I, I Like some sort of composite material. Like, oh, well, what's this? What's that? Like, I'm just here to buy a part, man. I'm not here to, you know, get grilled about my stupid car. Uh, but then on top of it, once you, you know, once you answer all their questions and they tell you the parts not in stock, 
that they have to order it, that you have to come back to their store to pick it up. And then you finally agree to all that. And then you go to pay and you're like, oh my God, how much does it cost? And it's like, as much as if you had gone to the mechanic and you're like, well, maybe I should have just done that instead of repairing things myself and doing a fulfilling, fun activity. But it, you can take all that stress out if you just go to rockauto.com. I, I don't know why you would want to, but it, why would you spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Uh, for example, you could get a, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump for the family van uh, for a whopping $353 from the chain store, just $216 from rockauto.com. So really helping the family out if you go ahead and do that. Uh, you could fix the minivan at home and then, you know, go take all seven or however many people fit in that minivan out to, you know, a big pizza dinner or something afterwards with ice cream afterwards, I bet for that hundred something dollars you just saved. So uh, definitely worth going to rockauto.com where you could get stuff delivered right to your door instead of having to go deal with that whole store experience. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And if you decide to buy something right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We need your help, guys. We're, we're asking uh, for a favor. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On Podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. Won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. That's like almost enough for one seat at Madison Square Garden when the Knicks are playing. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, Gavin, so to, to move along in this this ranking, this power ranking of, of teams that the Knicks might be able to trade with, um, the next two teams I had, I think were pretty – I probably could have put them as like the same tier, so to speak, but whatever. I separated them by one because I think there's one slight edge for the one versus the other. But the Wizards are only one pick away from the Knicks at pick 10. I just feel like it would be pretty unlikely that either team would be motivated to make a deal uh, unless, I don't know, maybe Shaden Sharp falls and the Wizards say, we're going to take him for sure unless you trade up. And the Knicks are like, damn, we're really smitten with him. We'd like to trade up like, what can we yeah. do to make this work for one spot? Um, or like if the impossible happens, like Jaden Ivey falls or something like that, then maybe I can see that happening. Um, the Spurs I have next at number five, similar to the Wizards, because they're just two picks ahead. Um, though that they're entering a rebuild, and I feel like the Spurs cupboard is pretty bare all in all. I mean, I think they've done pretty well, sort of similar to the Knicks where they – they have some sort of like role player type guys, but I don't know if they've even got someone on the level of like a quickly or an RJ to really lean on as far as being like, look, this is our building block for the future. Um, so I, I wonder if maybe they'd be a little more likely to accept like a few future seconds. Like the Knicks have, I think the next two years, Detroit second round pick, which is going to be more or less like an, like a late first almost. Um and, or maybe they take a player like Deuce or something to move back two spots if they don't have like a huge discrepancy in ranking between their ninth and 11th guys on their board. So I, maybe that's the X factor with the Spurs, but I don't think it's super likely just because of how close in proximity the two teams are that there would be like any traction between the Knicks trying to move up with like the Wizards or the Spurs. 
Yeah, I would actually, yeah, not, I, I feel bad because all I'm doing is critiquing your board and, and not, not really giving my own, but I would maybe even move the Wizards um, behind Detroit and like into like that bottom tier, just because I think they have basically like the same profile of needs as the Knicks in that they sort of just have to take the best talent and, and maybe the Knicks and, and Wizards have like different ideas of what that is. But if the, but the point is if, if they have different ideas and they're not going to do a trade because the Knicks know their guy will be there. If they have the same idea, I don't think they're going to do a trade because the Wizards are, are, are I think, desperate to draft someone that they really like because we, I think we, we touched on this the other day, but they've just been taking these like lukewarm guys the last few years. Like Abdiya is fine. Hachimura's fine. Like their whole, their whole team outside of Bradley Beal is just average. And like for them, like if an Ivy falls or a Sharp falls, like I, I would be – scratching tooth and nail right now if i was if i was running the wizards to try and move up in this draft because there's just there's just not a lot going on there and and to your point it's it's pretty similar with the spurs so i i can't really imagine either of them trading back yeah yeah that's i guess that's the main thing like i could see the wizards potentially moving up but i think specifically in how they would look at the knicks i don't think that that would be a deal that they would look to make because if someone gets to them, I think that like if, if like a sharp gets to them that it might just become a war of attrition where their price would be way too high for yeah. the Knicks because they're similar to the Knicks. They're kind of like, like you said, they've got a bunch of dudes. Like some of them, I would argue that they're like young core, like around Bradley Beal is not as good as like the Knicks young core either. Um, but you know, they, they've also just drafted like dudes, some of them, you know, pretty good. Some of them not as good, you know, it's just like they need to take that upside swing too. So I think they'd be more likely to like be competition for the Knicks. So actually, yeah, I think maybe you're right. Like maybe there is more of a case for, for the, the Pistons being slightly ahead of them. So, you know, whatever, just keep crapping on my board in here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but the, the next one that I have here um, is the Pelicans and they're like really tough to read. I feel like they were they were a playing team this year, um, and they're they're three spots higher than the Knicks here by virtue of having <laughs> the Lakers pick. Um, but of course, they actually I mean they vaulted the Knicks one pick higher because they actually finished with a worse record than the Knicks this year. So despite being a playing team, it was in a, a depleted West this year where they were able to sneak into that that final spot. Um, I just don't know what to make of them because I feel like it all comes down to Zion. Like how confident are they that he is going to be like ready to rock next year? How confident are they that he even wants to stay with the team? Cause that has been a topic of discussion as well. Um, and then just like, do they think that even without Zion, like with, I mean, they, they closed the year pretty well, obviously uh, making the play in and then, and then winning and getting in as an actual playoff team. So, you know, how do they feel about like, uh, you know, their, their core, even minus Zion with CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram and, um, you know, all those guys on the team there, like, are they uh, Herb Jones, you know, like, are they feeling good about where they're at enough that they would be like, Hey, we're ready to take a trade, like what the Knicks could offer, which in this case, I feel like would be an offer of like vets and pick 11 to move up. Like, do they feel like they just need to load up on vets more now to make like an actual push? Or do they take the assessment of the situation of like, yeah, but like, look at, you know, we close strong and everything else, but we still barely snuck into the playoffs by the skin of our teeth. Like, do we want to try to take an upside swing here too, especially with Zion's future tenuous with the team? So it's tough to read. I feel like that's why I have them in this spot. I could see them 
if they think of their team one way or the other, uh, you know, maybe being more willing to make a move to trade down. But I feel like the Pelicans themselves, as well as us, you know, the outside observers probably don't have a perfectly concrete idea of what they want to do right now. And their moves have sort of said that the last couple of years where it feels like they're caught in this weird spot of trying, trying to plan around Zion, but trying not to plan around Zion, but still trying to, you know, compete without him, but maybe not like, I don't know. It's, it's just a weird situation to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think the one thing going in favor of it is We've seen David Griffin trade back before the DeAndre Hunter pick where they had the fourth pick in the draft and they traded it for eight, which became Jackson Hayes. And I think it was like eight, 13, 35. Maybe there was a fourth pick in there. I, I can't quite remember the exact deal, but I, I think he, he fancies himself a little Sam Presti, like kind of king of the picks, king of the assets. And, and maybe he just wants a, a million picks. So in, in a few, like in, in next year's draft where this, this was PD was talking about, he just has a war chest. And if he wants to go get probably not, I, I don't think anyone's trading out at number one next year, but if he wants to go get one of the other consensus top five or six guys, he'll have a war chest to say, all right, I'm going to throw these four picks in and then I can surround um, Ingram, Zion and CJ with someone else who has legitimate all-star upside. And it's sort of questionable if at that they're, they're picking eighth, right? If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if at eight, that guy's going to get there. Like I like, we don't think it's going to be any of the top four. Um, maybe it's Ivy, maybe someone like Keegan Murray just to slot. That would be kind of a weird fit with him, Zion and Ingram, but maybe someone like that to slot in there. I think most people have them projected to take sort of like, like either, either three and D wing or just a defensive oriented wing, like a Sohan or an AJ Griffin or a, God forbid Dyson Daniels. But if if I were them, I could see the appeal of if the Knicks say, hey, we'll give you 11 and we'll give you the Dallas pick next year. And they're like, yeah, we just we just want a million picks to throw out someone next year to get into the top five and really cement this team that I, I personally think they're in a fantastic position. If Zion's going to be healthy going forward, you Jif, um, and, and just cement that team as a Western Conference title contender for years to come. So actually, I don't think it's that unrealistic that a deal could be struck. It would just take someone falling to eight that the Knicks were willing to move two first round picks for. Yeah, that makes total sense. Well, Gavin, if uh, if the Knicks would want to bet on such a team uh, or, or on such odds, actually, I don't know if I don't know if those odds will be on there. But if you wanted to bet a little closer to draft time on who the Knicks were going to take with whatever pick they end up with, where might one go to do that? There's only one place, Alex. It's betonline.net. They're your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And to the point of what I just said, they have all these cool odds on prop bets on the NBA finals. Uh, one interesting one, the highest scoring game total by any one team. It's 129 and a half. I'm going to take the under on that, Alex. I think it's going to be a very defensively oriented series. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. And with that, we are back on Locked on Knicks. Alex, who, who is next on your big board of teams that the Knicks could potentially trade up with? Well, we've made it to our top three here, and these these next two I had pretty close to one another with similar rationale, so I'll just give both, and that's the Pacers at pick six and the Kings at pick four. Um, 
they both to me just read kind of similar, right? Like they're both kind of, I, I put on the notes, fake contenders that I wouldn't say fake contenders, but like, they're like fake playoff teams, you know, like they're, they can't decide if they <laughs> reminds me a lot of the Knicks in many ways from recent years, even from this year, like they can't decide if they want to build around the young players that they have, or if they want to kind of try to compete for the playoffs. Uh, and that sort of shot them in the foot. The Kings obviously were gifted uh, the ability to move up to pick four. The Pacers actually dropped a little bit, but they dealt with injuries and stuff. They semi-fire sailed a bit, but got some pretty good pieces. So it's like I, you don't really know what their motivations are, but either of these teams I could see potentially having the self-awareness to be like, all right, we're not free agent destinations. And look at what Julius Randle did in 2020 to 21. Maybe we're willing to take him as like a, a a prize piece of a trade package. Now the fit there is a little more dubious with the Kings, um, with Fox and Sabonis there, specifically Sabonis. Who knows with how much animosity they show to one another on the court when they play. If Randall and Sabonis could even survive, you know, game one of the regular season on the court together. Um, but like it would certainly be an intriguing pairing, the one that the King, the Kings certainly have never strayed away from intriguing in their franchise history. So maybe they look at that as a trade that they would be willing to entertain. Maybe if the Knicks also threw in like the Dallas pick next year, uh, just to give them a little extra juice to make that deal. Same deal with the Pacers. It's like they just traded Sabonis, but they always perpetually seem to want to move up in the draft. Um, or sorry, move up in the not move up in the draft, but move up in like the standings, you know, like they're, they're never really looking to tank. Like they're always looking for that move to make themselves better. And so if they get an opportunity to still make a draft pick and, you know, net an impact player in the process, like a Julius Randall, if they think that they can sort of unlock 20 to 21 Julius Randall again, then maybe that's appealing to them. Um, so I, I wonder if maybe that would be uh, those two teams would be willing to talk. I don't know how likely it is because I feel like it is a pretty good jump to move from 11 to four or six. And of course, it would depend on what players there. Like if Jaden Ivey's there, you know, the Knicks sounds like would be pretty interested in making that move to get up and get him. But let's say that Ivy gets taken in the top three and then, you know, the, the Kings are left with like, I don't know, Paolo Bancaro or or Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren, like maybe they're just like, let's just make the pick. Like, let's not screw this up. This was a, you know, generally top three guy by consensus. So let's just like take him and, and figure out the rest later. Um, so I, I don't know, but I think that they're definitely intriguing because of their sort of wishy-washy status on what they want to be as a team, which I think is a theme, not just with these teams, but with the Knicks too, and, and why they're intriguing you know, trade possibilities. Yeah. No notes on this one. I'm, I'm totally with you. Uh, I think Randall makes a whole lot of sense on the Pacers because him and Sabonis, despite their, their mutual hatred, uh, they're very, very similar. Um, and we saw how well Sabonis fit on that team. And I think Indiana in their dream world would have, would have loved to have run a Halliburton Sabonis pick and roll for the next decade. Well, they can get the, uh, the discounted uh, disgruntled version with, uh, with Julius Randall. And, and to your point though, I think given Randall status as a, um, ambiguously positive asset, maybe it's the most positive way I can say it. Um, I, I do think the Knicks would have to stay 11 and the Dallas pick, and then maybe even one more thing in there. If it was, I guess to move up to six, maybe, maybe not more than that. it just, it all depends on how they, what they think of Julius Randall. Right. And if they, if they see that, 
that upside there, or like maybe the Knicks would have to take back Malcolm Brogdon to make money work. Like, I don't know. It would get, I think it would get kind of complicated with Indiana. And it's all about whether there's someone that they see with star potential there, because the flip side of them considering themselves as perennial contenders is they don't expect to be back here, right? This is a team that basically always makes the playoffs until, until they don't. So if they love shade and sharp and they say, Hey, this is maybe our one chance to take a swing on someone that we think has like five all-star teams in him. Uh, let's go do it. The Kings are, are like, I think, I think you nailed this. The Kings are the team that much more likely to want to trade back, but Randall makes zero sense there. So the Knicks have to offer them something else. And they, I don't think they have any interest, not that we want them to trade Emmanuel quickly, but I don't think they have any interest in Emmanuel quickly with Fox, with Davion Mitchell already there. Obi Toppin, again, like sort of an interesting fit. Next to DeMontis Sabonis, ironically, Mitchell Robinson would theoretically be interesting there, but I, I don't think it's like in terms of a side-in trade. That, that would be how that got done. And I don't think Mitch would particularly want to go there. I just, I, I see the the desire for the Knicks to move up and the desire for the Kings to move down, but I can't quite like mash the pieces together to make it work. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, like I said, it, it's not perfect, but none of these situations are perfect. Like there's, there's not even necessarily a perfect case to say like the Knicks where they're at right now should even be looking necessarily to move up depending on the cost. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a case we made for like, just hold on to what you've got and maybe just try to trade the other guys for future draft picks and stuff. Like don't use Julius Randle just to move up right now. You can still get a good player at 11, try to build towards the future. You know, it's, it's sort of the same with these guys. It's like, well, it's, it's just where the front office is going to land on what they want to be. Um, but that of course leads me to the, the last team on this list which is one that we actually just did a, a show on recently in a nice little crossover, but still worth bringing up again. Although if you haven't listened or watched the episode uh, that we did with Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers yet as a as a little spoiler, definitely go back and check that one out. But the, the number one team to me is the Blazers. I, I don't see a better fit uh, for this. I think that from the trying to sell what they have to offer perspective, like Julius Randle is the easiest sell to the Blazers where you could be like, you've got Dame Lillard. You had a, another, you know, like fringe all-star, you know, fringe, eh, maybe not fringe all NBA, but fringe all-star certainly type guy in CJ McCollum along with your like a one, like actual superstar just got voted to the top 75 NBA players of all time, rightly or wrongly Dame Lillard. Um, you know, you just had a guy like, you know, that could be his running mate. You traded him to sort of, you know, build up the war chest a little bit and that sort of thing. But now you need to replace that because if Dame is going to stay committed to your team, you need to show that you're willing to win and that you're willing to bring in more star power around him. They're not going to have a much easier path to getting another star, I think, than getting Julius Randle this offseason, who they could get for, I mean, look, even if, what to us is like the dream trade would happen, which is Julius Randle for seven straight up. That's still like in terms of getting a guy who was all NBA a year ago. I mean, that's, that's the lowest price you're ever going to pay. And that sort of deal, regardless of how much his reputation took a hit this year and how much he mailed it in for this Knicks team and everything else. Like Julius Randle was an all NBA player a year ago this year. He was still a 2010 and five guy. Uh, even, with giving like, I don't know, do we want to conservatively say 70% effort? You know, this year he managed to still put up those numbers. And it's like, he's clearly very talented. You know, he's he's a really, really good player. 
at when he wants to be, you know, and that's, that's the operative thing there. I think if you get him in a situation with Dame Lillard, like Randall is going to have sort of that reality check of, okay, I'm definitely not the number one guy here, nor should I expect to be. So let me make this work and hopefully be on like a true winning contending team for like the first time in, in my career. All, all apologies to the 2021 Knicks. Um, and, you know, so if you could sell Randall on that, get him to sort of positively spin that to the Blazers and then say, look, look at what other stars go for in this league. And you can get out of this for the cost of one Uno single first round pick. And that's it. I I think there's a real case the Blazers just take that. I think that is the biggest possible win-win for the Knicks because then they can take like, you know, maybe they take a Sharp who makes it to seven or something if he does. Take that big upside swing, then take like Atari Eason at pick 11, you know, and get a, a replacement for Randall, so to speak, who can still just kind of slot in behind Toppin. Like, I feel like the Blazers are the dream partner for the Knicks right now. And they also have a trade exception they can take Randall directly into. Thanks to that McCollum trade, it's just like everything about it feels like it's it's almost meant to be. It's like a glove. I, I feel like these two teams definitely have a match made in heaven in this draft for a trade. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's the home run number one choice. There, there's no other answer. I think the more realistic deal is is either eleven and Randall, or like to me, the dream version of the trade is that I just I just cannot. I would be my mind would be blown um, if if they were able to do Randall straight up for eleven. Is is like the dream version for me would be Randall in the twenty twenty three pick. I think Randall and eleven is probably the most realistic version. And to your point, if on draft night the guy that the Knicks really want, whether it's Sharp or I, I, I don't see Ivy getting there, but if it is Ivy like falls to that spot or even maybe it's Dyson Daniels and the, and the Knicks just have Intel. There's no chance he gets to 11 and they're saying, Hey, let's, let's just go get our guy at number seven. I would be sad with that deal. And I, and to your point, I think it makes a whole lot of sense for Portland, especially if they could stay within four picks. Right. And I, I it's funny that you said Tari Eason, because I was thinking, man, if they could add Randall and then add either like I, Tari's tough because he also wants, he probably is going to play power forward mostly in the NBA, um, but maybe he'll play some three. But if you could add Atari or if you could add like in their dream world, if you could add Dyson Daniels at 11, I think that's what you need around Dame and Anthony Simons. You need that big alpha defensive wing, especially given the very real and reasonable questions about Randall at that end. And maybe Randall's awesome and he's invigorated playing with those guys. Maybe not. But the guy they've always wanted is like the big wing who can lock down the top threat on offense and hold his own on the other end of the floor. Um, And I, I don't know if, I don't know if Dyson Daniels is going to be that dude, but he could be in that mold. But in, and the case against them staying at seven is like, is the best version of that guy going to be there? No, like you need you need to be in the top three, and you need you need to probably be getting Jabari Smith if if you want the dream version of that guy. So Portland's kind of in no man's land for their aspirations around Dame. They're not going to get anyone at seven unless they just hit the all time home run that's going to help them win this year. They need to win this year. That was the whole point of our podcast with Mike, right? The, 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 this time the clock is the clock is ticking with Damian Lillard. You're, you're, you're burning midnight oil to your point on a guy who's a future hall of famer. If you don't go all in now and for them, unfortunately, because they have limited options, Julius Randall could be what all in looks like. So I'm with you. I, I think that's absolutely the number one choice. Yeah. And uh, I agree with everything you said too, about, you know, I, other than, I just, I don't know. I think the Knicks might scoff at, 
11 and Julius just to move up to seven. Like, I feel like they would try to squeeze more things. Yeah, it has one. to be the right dude, right? It has to be like yeah. if Shaden's there and they love Shaden. Yeah. Or like, I guess like if Ivy was there and, and that got offered and then, and you know, then maybe the Knicks would just be like, oh, all right, fine, <laughs> you know, and, and do it begrudgingly just to like trim the fat, open up more minutes for Obi, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that from Portland's perspective, there's no way that they're going to add another, maybe not capital S star, but maybe lowercase s star around uh, Dame and Anthony Simons and presumably Nurkic, if they're able to re-sign him, then getting Julius Randle, like that's that's the least expensive option by a mile. Uh, so I, I think they would be wise to take a long look at that if the Knicks are looking to move off of him. Uh, but at any rate, we we still got a couple weeks to see what comes down here. I'm sure this won't be the last time that we're talking about, uh, you know, rumor trades and whatever as far as the Knicks go. So we'll keep our, our eyes and ears out. And you can trust we'll, we'll be back on Locked on Knicks to talk about them in the future. But for now, uh, for Gavin Shaw, I'm Alex Wolf. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with uh, a couple more episodes to end this week off. But uh, Or maybe one more episode. I forget what day it is. Anyway, uh, at least one more episode to end this week off. Uh, and then, you know, talk more drafts and free agency and everything else going forward. So thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all soon. Peace out, everybody.